This is a podcast from Minute Media. I still believe through the cold and through the heat, through the rain and through the tears, through the crowds and through the cheers. Oh, I still believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. We've been away for a little while. Riley, how long has it been? Uh, since Thanksgiving. Look, we needed the bye week. The team needed the bye week. All of Cleveland needed the bye week. But we're back. We're ready to go uh, round two with the Ravens. And to do so, we have a very special guest joining us here. Tim Horsey, who is a co-host of the podcast Pod Like a Raven. Um, it pains me to say that I like the title of that podcast. Uh, they are one of the newest additions to the fan side of network. Um, so a new label mate, if you will, of ours. So glad to have him on board. Uh, but Tim, thank you for joining us and welcome to the Dogs of War podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, you can thank John Harbaugh and one of his many uh, oh, God. probably idiotic coach isms. But one of the first ones was play like a raven and we're not creative. So we went with pod like a raven uh, for, for that. So I'm, pretty, I'm glad you like the title. Yeah, that pod- family ruined my whole last week, John and Jim. <laughs> so yeah, yeah they, they owed us one. Should we uh, should normally when we bring on a guest, we just go right into the guest. But it's been like five weeks off since we had our last episode and I'm feeling good vibes with Tim. Maybe we shoot the shit about uh, things outside of now, or should we just go right into football? Well, I want to ask both of you guys a question. I didn't send this into pre, pre-show notes. Um, one of the things about, you know, when you bring on an, an enemy opponent uh, or someone representing that, you got to find common ground, right? We can all be friends outside of the football arena here, but I'm going to bring up football regardless. Did you guys watch last night's Buffalo Patriots game? Oh, yeah. Okay. Can yeah. we all agree – a Ravens fan, Browns fans. If this fucking kid, Mac Jones, takes them to a Super Bowl and we're staring down the barrel of another 20-year run by the Patriots, I think we all need to quit the NFL. Kid through Podcasts three are over. Podcasts are over. Like, we're done. Like, we're done. No or yes? I mean, Belichick's got to retire at some point. Mac is fine, but, like, I'm not here. You look at the opponents they've beaten. I'm not here to you know, blow smoke up the ass of the New England Patriots again. Am I worried about it? Absolutely, because we had we had one year off, and then finally <laughs> we're back to this bullshit again. But, um, <laughs> but he threw three passes, and they have guys like Ramondre Stevenson getting, getting the win for them. So until this point, I'm not super worried about it. The one thing that I'm absolutely incredibly pissed off about with the New England Patriots is that Matt Judon didn't do shit for the Baltimore Ravens. For a very long time, it was more uh, boneheaded 15-yard penalties than sacks. And you want to talk talk to me about pressures and all that BS, that's fine. But um, And all of a sudden, he's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate with Belichick, which is probably the most infuriating sounds part right, of this. But it sounds yeah, right. You right. can't be surprised by that, though. Because, I mean, we, yeah, we you know how fair. many Browns players we've sent to the Patriots to get win Super Bowls on? And yeah. it just never fails. <laughs> um, and, then and, never, I, we, and then when we get Jamie Collins, he just goes from, like, all pro to – Jamie Collins for the Browns. No, he, yeah, he wasn't exactly. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't like the stud that they paid him. Like um, Tim, I, I don't, I don't bring this up to be rude or insulting. Um, I, 
made a, a concerted effort to take the whole week off for football. I watched maybe 20 minutes on Sunday. Then I watched last night, of course. I know most of Cleveland is in the same boat, and most Browns fans, Cleveland's obviously a big football town. People know their NFL, know their sports, but I think a lot of people just took the weekend off because it's been a hell of a season for us. Can you explain to me, us, because I didn't watch the game. I haven't read shit about it yet. How did you guys lose to Big Ben? Um, it's the convenient news drop of it's Big Ben's final season and private sources are talking, even though every everybody and their brother had the story, even though Schefter thinks he wants to break everything. Um, and Yo, Schefter almost blew away last night on TV, by the way. But keep going. I mean, I wish. Um, and it co- conveniently dropped the morning of the game. Steelers minus four and a half. Every Raven Steelers game is a three point game. We all know this every single time, except when you know, half our team had COVID last year and we had to play on a Wednesday and they ended up beating us uh, by a more significant scoreline. I can't remember what it was exactly. But I look, we talked about this on Pod Like a Raven. I always had the Steelers there. It was every time they're dead, this is why Mike Tomlin is a great coach. Everybody thinks they're dead. Everybody wants to count them out. And it's Raven Steelers. It's the one game he's going to get them up for. It's the game he's going to make their Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it with the preview here. And I have no issue saying it, even though some Ravens fans, you know, want to shoot you in the street if you say it Lamar Jackson's been terrible the last month he's been very very bad and he was horrendous against the Steelers he was just flat out bad and and as we're going to talk about with a team that you know is the walking wounded at this point he can't do it all by himself he thinks he can do it all by himself and he keeps making stupid mistakes and that's how they lose that football game it the Steelers look dead in the water in the first half and Per usual, and you guys know this too, trust me, I know you guys have had your run-ins with Pittsburgh, obviously, but it's every time you think you're dominating them and then you only come out with a seven-point lead at halftime, you know it's over. It's just like, okay, well, this is the, we should have put the nail in the coffin. Seen this in the movie a thousand times. A thousand times. A mm-hmm. thousand times. And I've watched him do it, and I'm so glad he's not going to be in this division, probably not in the NFL anymore after this season, because it happens every single effing time with him. And... um yeah, it was it was a classic Raven Steelers script. Steelers had the ball for I think like 18 minutes total in the game. The Ravens for the first time all year actually had a little bit of a running game. They were dominating possession, but couldn't couldn't put it in when it counted and made the stupid mistakes over and over and over again. And Pittsburgh took advantage and won their regular season Super Bowl. So good for them. Before we, because I do want to talk about that two point conversion decision, but when you see a guy like our quarterback. Uh, Kevin says this all the time. It seems like somebody could do the exact same thing he does or have the exact same off game, what have you. And it's like everybody in the media just trashes him. So does so last night, the fan base. What, what do you see between when Josh Lamar's on versus – Yeah, exactly. Josh, uh, Josh Allen I thought looked pretty good in that wind. But when you see Lamar on versus Lamar off, what, what are some of the key differences? Does it just come down to making smart decisions or is he – like it, it, he's either the greatest quarterback in the league, or he throws four. Or picks they blame his arm. The they blame his arm, right? Yeah, I mean, the Lamar discourse, and you guys have it in a little bit of a different way, and and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it with Baker. But the discourse with Lamar is, yeah, every time he's bad, Kevin, you kind of nail it. Where it's, you know, the guys are running back. The guy can't. The guy has the arm talent. You know, he's not. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Justin Herbert. Clearly, but. He has the arm talent to obviously be an MVP winning quarterback in this league. Um, The differences for me and one, you know, they're playing some guys there that you've almost never heard of on this offense right now or guys who are good in 2014. So it's just like, 
he he has this pressure on him, I think, where he thinks he has to do everything by himself. And then you get how this team is eight and four is a mind fuck to me, to be completely honest, because they ended up winning all of these crazy games at the beginning of the year where he's dragging them back from the dead. You talk about the Colts game. You talk about the Lions with Tucker hitting the field goal, all this stuff. And he, when, when he's off, we'll start with the negative, I guess. When he's off, he's trying to force everything and he's trying to make the big play. I mean, talk about the Browns game two weeks ago. That Mark Andrews touchdown is just bad coverage. It's, it's a bad throw and he's, he's scrambling around for his life and he throws into the middle of the end zone. And yes, he, maybe Kyler, and that's probably it, has this escapability that is unrivaled. And I love watching Lamar Jackson play. I mean, we've gone through Kyle Bowler. We've gone through the, the post-Super Bowl Joe Flacco. We've gone through Elvis Gerback, Chris Redman. The, 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 I mean, you guys know this too. The list yeah. of terrible yeah. quarterbacks are <laughs> You endless. have no sympathy on this side <laughs> No, of the and, you shouldn't. Hey, and you shouldn't. That's fine. I, I, hand up. I completely accept that. So watching a guy like that play that quarterback position is incredible. And when it works, there's a rhythm. We talked about this on Pod Like Raven this week. It, it's almost like you can tap your toe to the offense. Like there's a rhythm. It's moving right. Everything seems to fit. He's making the right reads. He's not trying to do too much. If the play's not there, he's getting out of the pocket, making three guys look like absolute fools and getting six yards when he should have had two. When it goes bad is when there's constant pressure around him. I mean, Alejandro Villanueva should have been out of the league two years ago, and he's our starting left tackle this year. It's a joke. And they're constantly getting after him, and he's running for his life, but then he's also holding on to the football too long because he's trying to make the miraculous play every single time. And then you see plays like the, the, the drive to start the game where they're rolling down the field, everything is going well, and then he throws one of the worst picks I've ever seen to make a Fitzpatrick. And it's that type of stuff that is constantly going to hamper him, and he's always going to have, because he's this running quarterback and things, he's always going to have this extra, I don't know, criticism that he has to overcome. And... Because of that, I, he, he definitely reads it. I mean, you heard the week one, a couple weeks uh, in the MVP year, not too bad for running back, all that stuff. He hears the criticism, and I think he plays into it sometimes, and it ends up being a negative for him because he's trying to be Superman when all we need him to be is just a quarterback sometimes. It's interesting that you say all that, and I know that you know I, you might just be just trying to be polite. You're on a Browns podcast, not a Ravens podcast, but I would spin that if I'm a Ravens fan as, yo – he got picked off four times against the Browns, and he still won. He's just greatness. Like, we're watching greatness. And you guys almost sound frustrated as a fan base. Uh, well, okay. I don't want to speak for the entire fan base because I am on the pessimist scale. Uh, and I okay. Hand up. You listen You're to Antonio. Right You're on the yeah. right pocket. Yeah. Well, you guys are Browns fans. I get it. You listen to Antonio. You listen to Jace, who even can be a little – my two co-hosts, I should say, uh, who are even a little bit – uh, Jace is kind of a pessimist as I am. Antonio is the ultimate optimist. You're right. And like early in the year, yeah, the four picks and still beating the Browns was awesome. But then you look at like the comeback against the Colts. Sorry, guys. Uh, and sorry to the audience as well. But the comeback against the Colts, the Lions, the Chiefs win. You know, the Chiefs were the bugaboo that they just could not get over. And obviously, we've seen that they were the bad Chiefs. And now they might be the good Chiefs. Who knows? All that stuff is great. And, and I am here to accept. I love watching Lamar Jackson. I want Lamar Jackson to get a new deal. Like, I know there's a ton of discourse with Baker. Do you sign him to the new deal? What do you do? Because I, I don't think they – you guys would obviously know better than me if they picked up the fifth-year option or not yet. Yeah. Or they yeah. did. Okay. But do they sign him to the big deal after that? What have you? There is no doubt Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback of this team in the future, and I'm super happy about that. But over the last month or so, this team – 
frankly got lucky early in the year. Now comes the bad stretch. Browns, Steelers, Browns. It's Packers, Rams, Bengals, Steelers in some order at the end. We all knew this was going to be the bad stretch, and he's not showing up for it. And that is, you know, it's concerning for a guy that you want to see improve, albeit, you know, all the issues with the supporting cast that he has around him at this point. So that's what I'm confused by because you guys, and that's why I want to ask you coming into this season, right? Mm-hmm. Right now you guys have 17 guys on IR, and that includes seven starters and three pro bowlers. Before you lost half your team to injury, coming into this season, what were your expectations? And how, like, are you surprised? Are you like, all right, we should expect this from Harbaugh and because we have an MVP quarterback? Like, where were you coming into the season? And how, yeah, how shocked you guys were, how you're eight and four? Um, I, I would put it this way I'm not shocked that they're eight and four. I'm shocked how they're eight and four. You know, just this has been the, the, the stupidest season in a long time. Like half the time you're just like, okay, I cannot believe they won. Cannot believe they won that game, but sure. Why not? This is like good for this team. And yeah, I love Harbaugh to death. And he just, you know, that guy finds a way to motivate teams and, you know, some of the screwy challenges and time management stuff earlier in his career aside, I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. And that's why he's had his job for so long. Um, Before the season, it, it seemed, we all predicted on, on Pod Like a Raven that this was still a playoff team. We all saw a little bit of down, um, you know, a downgrade with the Steelers, although we all knew that they, they were at least going to split with them at some point. And we already got the loss. Hopefully the win comes in the final week of the year. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, it's inevitable. Um, you know, obviously the Browns are a threat because all the talent that's on that team, nobody knew what the Bengals were going to be. And we all had this feeling of this, it's kind of the same thing. They better start hot because. This schedule is backloaded, you know, like a motherfucker. It, it's just it's it, it's an absolute train wreck towards the end of the year. Where the past couple of years they've kind of skated into the playoffs, where it's been I think it was it was Giants, uh, Jaguars, somebody else last year, and they had to win like all these games. They win out because they're playing the you know the scrap heap of the NFL, and that's how they get into the playoffs. But the injuries even. You know, we'll talk about a little bit about Marlon Humphrey, which is one of the more devastating blows. Um, but I mean, fucking Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters both rip tore, tear their ACLs on back-to-back plays in training camp. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins in the final play that he was going to be in Harbaugh, and you can call it hindsight bias if you want. He said that was the last play J.K. was going to run. Tears his ACL against the football team in preseason. Um, it. I think the expectations for this team before injuries were Super Bowl contender. Yep. Um, After injuries, it was playoffs. And now, and it was the lowest of the low when we recorded on Monday night and released on Tuesday. Obviously, you know, losing to the Steelers is always going to be one of the worst podcasts we have to record. Um, For me, it's probably still playoffs because they've set themselves in such a good position. But look, this team ain't doing anything in the playoffs. And, and, And I hate, I hate, Trust me, I hate coming on a Cleveland podcast and saying that about the Ravens, but it's just the facts. It is because at some point you're not going to be able to cope with losing. I think it's 25% of their salary cap is on injured reserve right now with guys like Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, their best players outside of Lamar Jackson are are not there. And at some point talent's going to win out. It's uh, it's funny you say that because I think there's every team in the AFC in the AFC outside of like the Patriots are thinking the exact same thing. Sure. Like there has been no consistency among any one team 
maybe even in just the NFL outside of what Packers, Cardinals that have just been no one's running away with anything right now. Dominating. The I mean, there are more teams with winning or uh, what do you call it? 50 50 records. What do you call it? A neutral 500, record? 500. <laughs> sports podcast. And you know, it's who's going to show up with the Bengals. Are they going to look like absolute studs or are they going to get their asses kicked by the chargers and the chargers? Same thing. The bills, the Bills have had a crazy up and down. I yeah. mean, it's still up for grabs, but it comes to December, and it's like, who's going to be playing the best football in December? Yeah, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, when you look at it that way, then I'm even more pissed that the injuries are there. Because if their injuries aren't there, I think this team, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say they'd be like the Chiefs of recent years, but there might be like a clear definitive oh, this is the team to beat in the AFC. And even when they were the one seed in the AFC a couple weeks ago, I was still like, well, that's that's you know smoke and mirrors at this point. There's no way. But you're right. It, it's just – it is so hard to predict. I mean, I'm looking at the standings now. The Bengals lost to the Jets after they after they kicked the shit out of us. Like, you, you lose the Jets, I can't take you seriously. Same with the Jaguars, Buffalo Bills. I'm looking at you, 9-6. to six. Like, what, what are we talking about here? The Steelers – I mean, you guys are bottom of the division at 6-6, six and six, and – Probably the most talented team in the division right now with the guys that are healthy. I mean, it, it's almost inarguable. The Titans don't have Derrick Henry. Does he come back in January and he's fresh? That team's scary as hell at that point. But they're eight and four. Yeah. But Ryan Tannehill looks like a shadow of himself. AJ Brown can't stay on the field. Now all of a sudden, the Patriots, yeah, they've won seven straight. I get it. And it's Belichick. They're the ones who make me nervous. I you know, I understand that completely. But then you look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs were dead a month and a half ago. And now they're the team at eight and four that everybody's like, Oh shit, they figured out the defense. Here we go. So yeah, it's a crap shoot for me. I guess opt- if you're talking about an optimistic Ravens fan, maybe that would give them a little bit of hope. Hey, none of these teams are good. Everybody can have a bad day. Harbaugh knows how to win in the postseason. We'll see Lamar's progressed. He's won the playoff game, which was the big hump forever. And now let's see if they can take the next step for me, especially now. And this is probably the lowest point in the season. So you know, take it with a grain of salt if you would. But I'm watching an offense that is completely disjointed. He's running for his life. He's making terrible decisions on his own. And to, to not even blame offensive line, wide receivers, running backs, what have you. And the defense is bad. And so I look at the eight and four and I just think it's, you know, a lot of luck that might get found out as we get closer um, or I guess towards a more difficult part of the schedule. So you being the pessimist, I'm, I'm the resident pessimist here too. And I, this is going to sound like a dumb question, but he's one of the best players at his position. He's an absolute stud. He's, he's haunted my dreams for a long time. Uh, Humphrey, at this point, when you have 50 people on IR and you lose him, is it kind of like, yeah, there's no more surprises left anymore? Uh, you like, know, that I, makes sense. Like, that makes sense. We should, it's probably been, we should have lost him like two weeks ago, even. Well, the fact that he tore his peck on the game-winning touchdown from Deontay Johnson, too, which is just incredible. Um, you know, before before Humphrey, I would have said there were no more surprises, and there's the surprise. It's like, oh, yeah, the other $98 million player, you know, with, with Ronnie Stanley, who hasn't played in almost two years at this point. Um, yeah, and, I mean, to talk about the impact, I'm looking at the depth chart now. Anthony Averett, who... Oddly, I'm higher on than a lot of Ravens fans. Um, I think he's he's a free agent this year. He's going to go. He'll get paid by somebody. It won't be you know top of the market, but he'll get he'll get paid to be a number two corner somewhere. I think he's been 
solid, although he gets picked on a little bit because the other guy on the other side is an all pro, which, you know, it just happens. It makes sense. You get the ball thrown uh, towards you more, but he's your number one corner now. And then you're looking at guys like Tavon Young, who can't stay on the field. They're really high on this guy, Chris Westry, but is basically a practice squad guy with some length who has missed a bunch of time this year. And he's finally coming back. Um, they have a rookie, Brandon Stevens, who they drafted out of SMU in the third round, who was drafted as a corner and has basically only played safety, especially with Deshaun Elliott out this year. They're talking about moving him back to corner. Um, you know, Jimmy Smith is 56 years old at this point and can't stay healthy, so who knows? And they like using him more as a safety because of his age as well. He got he got bullied a couple times um, against the Steelers. So, yeah, it's just it's one of those things you look at it and – and we'll talk about the game coming up on Sunday too of what what they you know possibly can do to um to to kind of stop the bleeding for lack of a better term but yeah it 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 definitely felt like a a nail in the coffin type thing of like really you're going to kick us when we're down that much where you're just going to take off our number one corner too like who else who else who else at this point and I'm knocking on wood I'm because I like, you know don't want to I, don't I, I get the quarterback I get what you're saying. Like, I really do. Trust me, especially when it comes to injuries. But, like, still, and again, I, this is, I'm not a Ravens fan. I'm from, like, I'm looking from the outside. Sure. You guys are, you guys are eight and four. Yeah. Like, yeah. some people look at that. I know. Like, I know. It sounds crazy. Yeah, I know. It sounds great. And you, you I'm got, talking like I'm four and eight, right? No, no I, 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 and, and I, I feel like it's unfair to say that your defense is flat out bad. You have one of the best rush defenses, if I'm not correct. If I'm, and, when you're talking about the Browns loaded with talent, I agree with that defensively, hopefully knock on wood. They ideally figured it out, but you stack the box, you shut Chubb down and our receiver Baker, I thought took some unfair criticism that last game. I thought he threw the ball where he needed to his, his receivers couldn't break break man coverage throughout that game. Like some of them were drops. Some of them were catchable balls that were contested, but it's like the Ravens D was there the entire time. Like there was no blown coverage in your secondary that entire game. Yeah. That, that, and that's fair. I think, well, it's funny because you guys look at it from the lens of that game. And that was that in the chargers game to my memory are their best performances of the season. Um, no Calais Campbell. And they shut down Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt. I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. Brandon Williams was in, who who has battled some injuries. Brandon Williams, they're going to lose him in free agency this year, and uh, I don't know how they're going to replace him. He's just one of those guys that, because he's a nose tackle, isn't going to get the love he deserves because he doesn't, you know, come up in the stat sheet except when he has to make eleven tackles against Pittsburgh because nobody else can hit anybody, which is just a joke. That was wild. Just a joke in itself, but. Yeah, you're right, and and we joke about this a lot on on Pod Like a Raven, where Jace and I have this idea of old Ravens defenses in our head and, and in an era where you could actually play defense and now you can barely play defense, yeah. um, you know, for my money. And so maybe I'm, I'm judging them a bit harshly. Um, and, you know, frankly, they're going to have to step up now. Like th- this is the unit, even with the injury to Humphrey, who, you know, is, is far and away their best defensive player. Um, they're going to have to step up because the offense, until the offense figures its shit out or finds some sort of rhythm, they're going to be have to be the unit that leads them, and and hopefully they can against the likes of you know the Browns this Sunday against the Bengals again, maybe a redemption game there. You know I don't think they have any chance against the uh, against the Packers. Maybe they show up against the Rams. Who knows? But 
Yeah, they are the number one rush defense in the NFL. I think it's 84 yards a game is all they're giving up. But I get worried because now passing, you're throwing on backups on backups on backups now. So they could they could be eaten alive in the secondary. Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the league. That's no surprise. Everyone knows that. Super Bowl winning coach. Lamar Jackson is a cheat code, right? Yeah. He's doing things that we've never seen a quarterback do ever. Who do you guys attribute eight and four under these circumstances to more? Is it like 50 50? Are we saying it's Lamar is just a, not a human, so we got to give more to him? Like, what, is that even a, a discussion? Lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, you know, I, it, it's, I, I'm not going to sit on the fence here. I don't want to sit on the fence, but Lamar has to take so much of the credit for the early season um, and some of the comebacks and, I mean, the narrative with him for the first couple of years was go up 10 on the Ravens and you're they're not going to come back. And then it was just comeback on comeback on comeback on comeback. And these performances that he's pulling out of his ass that were remarkable. He was remarkable and a dark horse candidate for MVP. I don't think he should have been a dark horse. Now that's that narrative has changed a bit, I think, mm-hmm. uh, after the last couple of weeks. But was... Up until you know, up until the Dolphins loss, I'm looking at the schedule here. The, the win against the Vikings in overtime, comeback big. Uh, they just beat the brakes off the Chargers in every aspect of that game. The Colts coming, to, I think they were down 14 late in the fourth and come back and win that game in overtime. Uh, they dismantle the Broncos. They look terrible against the Lions, and he leads them back late to get the game-winning field goal. The Chiefs is that. You know, for as much as the defense, Adafi Owe, the rookie, makes the big play at the end, and yada, 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 that's the Lamar game. Like, that's, he had to beat Mahomes. He never beat Mahomes. He sh- he balls out after a slow start, which they've had in pretty much every game this year. And so I think a lot of the credit goes to him, but it's so hard to discount what Harbaugh has done with this team from the get go when there's just, there's so many guys injured, even to start. This is not just a, you know, throughout the year thing. They came in high. Yeah. And they came in hobbled, and guys want to play for that dude as corny as he is, and I love him, but he is just—he's a cornball. And um, they all they want to do is play for the guy, and he's rallied the troops and has this team believing that any score, even even recently, any any cornball. score, yeah, he is he absolutely. I love cornball so much. Sorry. I mean, all the phrases. I mean, John, John, I think is just a walking, you know, coach speak. That's yeah. and and you know you love him for it and it's fine and he wins so Ravens fans don't care but um, he has to get a ton of credit for making this team believe in all ass at any time at any point in any game and I mean that's and that's part of the, the reason I didn't necessarily hate the two point conversion because John trusts his guys at the end of the Steelers game was was what I'm referencing I thought the play call was great. I, the reason that he went for it after I think makes sense because you know they, he said Marlon was out. We had no corners. We had to win the game right there. But you look at it, they changed their philosophy Lamar, with Lamar Jackson. In the MVP year, the iconic clip is the Seahawks game on fourth and two. They're at the goal line, and you've seen it, the NFL films or whatever it is. And he looks at Lamar. He goes, you want to go for it? And he goes, hell yeah, I want to go for it, coach. Yeah. And he, he puts ultimate faith in his players no matter who's out there, and that's why the guys want to play for him, and that's why they keep pulling these results out. So – I don't want to sit on the fence, but they both deserve a ton of credit for no, that's fair. how the season has gone. Also, that was a, a veteran pro podcast move because Raleigh asked you about that two point conversion like twenty minutes ago, and then you wrapped right Circle around back, back to it. Yeah, yeah very, that was that was great. It was great. Um, so this game real, real, real quick. This is kind of X's and O's. Sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off, Kevin. No go. Uh, 
he was not rolling out on that play, correct? Or was he? No, no. I think I think the the plan was. I mean, and Watt blows it up, and the fact. I, I Watt being activated off the COVID list, and I'm glad. Obviously, he tested negative. What have you? He <laughs> he, he game wrecked that game. If he was out, I think that's a completely different game. Oh, um, for I didn't he get like four sacks or three and a half, and I think he had three and a half. Apples. Alex Highsmith had two, and the two combined, Watt and Highsmith had 20 pressures in the game. Um, which you know just goes to show you Lamar's holding on to the football too long. The offensive line is bad. You know all the stuff we talked about. I don't think he's rolling out. I think Lamar. On those short and intermediate stuff, he just he misses guys because he just gets jumpy and he gets panicky. It seems like, and he missed he missed Andrews. And Andrews came out and said, "Well, I, my hand was on it. I should have caught it. What have you? That's fine." Lamar missed it, and there's nobody there. You float in the ball. We're, we're I mean, it was a it was a TJ Watt caused miss. I mean, it, to be fair. I, he- that's fine. I, I think I still think he should have hit him. But yeah, Watt makes a great play to make it as hard as possible. Yeah. My my thought that I my thought is. If it's a goal line stand and I'm you guys, how are you not rolling Lamar out every single time and like showing that run threat early on and let him hit whoever bites on it or well, challenge it with his legs? So it's interesting you say that. One, on the on the rollout, I mean, and, and it's, it's all based on play design and stuff, obviously. X's and O's that the guys get paid a ton of money to do that stuff, but... I think if you roll right, Watts in the backfield immediately and making a play mm-hmm. anyway. Um, yeah. And two, and, and, and credit to Antonio, he brought this up on on the Pod Like a Raven uh, this week, recapping it. And I think he's right. And I talk about the Seattle play a couple years ago. This is the play: run QB power. It's the play they ran against the Chiefs too, when when they had to go for it, it, it inside their own fifty, and that was the fourth down to end the game. And you know, big balls, Harbaugh makes the call, and it's QB power, and it's it's one where. Your offensive line is chop blocking guys down and trust Lamar Jackson to get two yards and find that little hole. Because guess what? 99 times out of 100, he does. But Greg Roman got cute and it didn't work. Man, that's a Patriot. Speaking of the last night's game, the Patriots were, I can't, I can't remember the, the talking head that pointed it out, but the linemen were putting toe to toe on the offensive line. It was just like a sled just pushing the whole night. Right. It was unreal. Um, so the thing about, and this is why it's just an interesting conversation and interview for us because obviously we played a week ago. And with the Browns, you know, we talk about who's going to show up. Is it going to be Jekyll or Hyde? You know, is it def- I think the defenses were a lot more trusting in the defense than they were a few weeks ago. But then at the same time, you guys too, like Lamar doesn't throw four picks a game. So it's one of those ga- things where which team on both sides are going to show up this Sunday? And I have no clue. Yeah, I mean – I wish I had an answer for you. Um, you know, Lamar hasn't been good since that Vikings game I referenced. It was the loss to the Dolphins. Tyler Huntley was the one who beat the Bears. Um, you know, and then the Browns game, as we mentioned before, the first uh, round one, he was bad. They come out with the 16-10 win. And then the Steelers, the Sunday, he was bad. So I, if this if this recent stretch of four games wasn't a wake-up call for them, knowing what they have coming, I don't know what is. Um, and I... To play optimist a little bit i expect him to be better i just don't i'm not sure i mean god like I, i'm a guy if you listen to the pod I'm, I'm a guy who loves offense and defensive line play that's just like i love the big guys up front it's so sad watching the ravens offensive line this year because they're pathetically bad um and miles garrett scares the hell out of me like every single time and it, this is not 
news, obviously. But how they contain him after watching what TJ Watt did um, in Pittsburgh, where he game breaks that game and, and is in Lamar's face all game long. I worry, even if it's good Lamar, how much of an effect Garrett can have because I mean he's a game wrecker. He's the probably the best pass rusher in the league for my money outside of like an Aaron Donald in, in But who's harder to tackle in the open field than Lamar Jackson? Well nobody. Yeah, yeah he had he had like five uh what do you call would be escaped sacks on yeah. Clowney. Like Clowney was losing his mind with yeah. how many Clowney times was- he got his hands on him and like he just yeah. was able to whether it was convert or get the ball away. It was just like Wow, he is so on the different on the different perspective there, and I agree. I mean, watching him watching him scramble back there. Now that we're kind of in this the Ravens malaise or whatever, it's throw the ball, throw the ball, get rid of it, get rid of it. He he can make ten guys miss, and that's great. Then he's got to connect down the field, and we'll see. You know, I guess we'll see Sunday if he can make that happen. Coming from Flacco to now a guy like Lamar. No, but like uh, my question though, whenever he because you guys aren't you guys didn't have this kind of quarterback ever. Am I missing anything? No. No. When he takes off and goes on these 20, 30-yard runs and gets hit by 10 guys, do you guys still poop your pants every time? Do you ever oh, get yeah. used to that? Oh, no. Absolutely not. No. He is he is far and away the most fun I've had watching this football team. And, and you know, we've been I blessed. Bet. This yeah. yeah. We've been blessed. This team has been good and consistently good for a long time. And, you know, I, I, I love Joe Flacco. Everybody in Baltimore does. The Super Bowl run was incredible. The guy got the guy bet on himself and got paid. Good for him. Like I have no, I have no issues with the contract, any of it. But he stagnated. It's a one eighty. It's a one eighty. Yeah. Oh, he's, he stagnated, and he stagnated at the end. He's he, it's especially a one eighty from the final years of Flacco, where it's just mm-hmm. sometimes you don't care about. You know, Flacco doesn't really show emotion. He's kind of slow to the line. Da, da, da. Is he elite? Well, yeah. I mean, that whole that was thing. that was my favorite thing in the NFL forever is so how that would just get brought up out of nowhere no matter what team or the conversation was yeah. he's Flacco elite you guys know he, better than anyone yeah he throws a 70 yard bomb that gets a, a defensive pass <laughs> interference and he's elite again uh, <laughs> yeah I, and I love I love him for it and you know obviously we'll never forget the Super Bowl run but but going from that to a guy that they drafted and people are kind of like okay oh, that was Ozzie Newsom's final draft he traded up Took Lamar Jackson and it was shout out Ozzy, shout out Ozzy Newsom. Oh, he's a legend. Sorry. Yeah, yep. no, you're good. And it was one of the it was one of those where when he made that pick, I was like, Ozzy knows something, and it's just one of those. If he's trading up into the first round to get this guy, and then the other thing I love about Lamar too is Lamar just gives a shit, and you know it. Like it's not this guy that after a loss is going to be, you know. Laughing and joking on the sideline. I love that he gets pissed off at himself. Can I interrupt you? Yeah, go I ahead. Did, I did. I was. I forget where I was. I was. Oh, I went out to see the Bills game last night with some friends. The volume was off the TV, but they were showing replays of Lamar's press conference after the Steelers game. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I'm an. I'm an outside. I don't watch Lamar press conferences I, like you guys do. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I've ever seen him look as miserable as he did at that press conference, and just how upset. And just devastated he was for losing that game, and you gotta like that. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's up there with some of the playoff losses. And Lamar takes everything; he puts everything on him. I mean, the the when he the whole and I've you know admittedly hand up I've rewatched this clip multiple times when he gets drafted and Dion, who is one of the worst interviewers of all time, is interviewing him <laughs> and is like, "What do you think?" and and like, "What did you think about waiting in the green room?" And Lamar goes, "I don't care. I'm going to Baltimore. They're going to get a championship out of me." And like immediately, you're just like, "All right." I'm in. Let's go. Let's do this. And 
the guy gives a shit every single time. The playoff losses he puts on me, uh, puts on him, excuse me. The interview with Miss Lisa, as he calls Lisa Salter, <laughs> yeah. after after the play after the playoff win, it's the big chip off his shoulder. He goes, I know it was the thing everybody was talking about, but I'm not the one who won this game. Our team won this game, and it's it's just all that stuff where he is he is legitimately like the most genuine superstar and th- this is purple tinted glasses i know and obviously it's something that somebody that i like pay attention to more often than the name other big nfl and or nba superstar you want whoever i've never seen someone that that i root for anyway that is so genuine and you can tell gives a shit as much as the guy up in 523 row 14 seat 11 um so it that that part is very cool so i, I th- this is not to take away from uh lamar like I respectfully kind of disagree with you. I mean, you want him to care. Don't get me wrong, but when you say care as much as the guy in 500, I think they all care. I think they may not show it, but when you ride that wave of emotion, it's like, I don't think guys are completing passes necessarily because they're like, oh, I really want to make this one. You know what I mean? And it's like, when you get caught up in, shit anything in life it's like and you're riding the highs which don't get me wrong ride it all day but when the lows come it can just be a dark place and it's like maintain focus as long as they're working their asses off i'm like yeah and you get your ass kicked in a game like yeah joke about it whatever it doesn't mean they don't care it's well kevin hold on because i i don't i see where you're coming from completely and it's to the point of you know, he's trying to do too much at times. And I think part of that is an emotional play. I, and I see the negative of it a hundred percent coming from Flacco and then, and who, yeah. you know, towards the end where it's just like, it just looks like, and, and, and again, it, th- this wasn't it because he's an NFL player. I'm sure he gave a shit. I'm sure he did. But, but the perception is this optics. It's, it's an optics thing, a hundred percent an optics thing. And then Lamar comes in and all he wants to do is win a championship. Everything he talks about is, is team, team, team. We're gonna get better. I hear this that the not too bad for a running back thing after you you know beat the hell out of the Dolphins. That pumps you up. It pumps you up to hear that type of stuff. It absolutely has a Eli Manning. It. Eli Manning might not have given a shit. He just looked like a well two yeah. Super Bowls. That's fine I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I guess but, it. But it is one of those things too, where if if it negatively affects him, then then that's fine from an optics point of view. Solely, that's like and look. I'm not trying to take a cheap shot, but then you have like everybody coming after Baker and then Baker's wife responding on Instagram or whatever the hell that was. And then you see the, the 17th progressive commercial. And, and I'm like, I'm sitting over here and this is purple tinted glasses. Don't get too mad at me where it's like, well, my quarterback's not doing progressive commercials. He's actually working on getting better because he cares. And that's, and that's obviously a Ravens thing, but that's kind of how you see it. And, and then you see what, Whatever the hell with, Od- the, I mean, the fucking Odell shit. And then uh, who was it? It was Kareem Hunt's dad went on to Instagram attacking Baker. And then God damn it, Tim. Responds, and I was just like, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry not to bring up that. memory. damn it. Things, but- to, to bring up the progressive commercials, not to cut you off, but, and I'm a little hurt coming from you, Tim, because I swear to God, people don't realize that that shit is recorded in the off season. I know, no, I know, but it, it was recorded after his rookie year, and they kept going. I was like, "All right, this is this I, is the guy." We're gonna get I, I get where other fans time. come from, other fan bases, but my my rebuttal to that always is one: people don't realize Progressive is headquartered in Northeast Ohio. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if any, if the, either of the three of us were the quarterback for the Browns, we'd be doing those commercials too. And to like to get paid what uh, five, ten million dollars, you'd be like, 
if I'm him, I'm just like, yep, guys, I'm going to go do 10 more this offseason too. It's, 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 it's a gratuitous shot. I know. But I mean, I fucking, I, I get, every, I, I, I get it. every commercial break, I'm seeing two of them. It's like when you saw Peyton all over everything. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's, but it's, also it's people are jealous because Aaron Rodgers sucks. Mahomes sucks at acting. People see Baker, they're like, God damn, he's so good at this. No. And our quarterback's not good at acting. I think I, mean, I think Rogers purple is the glasses. Good. I think those commercials are terrible, but it could be purple. <laughs> That's definitely purple tinted. Um, so, anyways, I think to conclude everything we've talked about, none of us have a clue what's going to happen in terms of who shows up on Sunday. Um, we are right up against our backs to the wall. Um, I, actually, thanks to you guys, we still are kind of in this somehow. Um, you want to go predictions? Yeah, Probably. sure. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, on the, on the podcast, um, I picked Cleveland minus two and a half. Uh, it was definitely an emotional pick. Um, I, I, until I see something from this offense that has any sort of rhythm outside of the last, you know, uh, the last month where it's just been completely stagnant and janky and off, um, you know, you've watched enough where it's just like, like I said before, you can't tap your toe to it essentially until I see so some spoiled. You guys are so spoiled. It's fair, you know, hand up. I'm willing to admit that a little bit, but I just, I worry about Cleveland needing this game more, it being at home and all of a sudden Garrett gets free and has a TJ Watt like day and Lamar's running for his life. And, and then it's, then it happened that just something bad happens. All that being said, the further I get away from the Steelers and the more I get to, to Cleveland week or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I am more confident in John Harbaugh to get this team up and say, you know, you guys just got embarrassed. Let's go kick the hell out of Cleveland again. And Lamar's not going to throw four picks. The, the end of that first half sequence, whatever the hell that was, from either side, is not going to happen again. And Calais Campbell's back. If, if the Ravens... And can they do it twice in three weeks? I don't know because I think Nick Chubb is absolutely incredible. I love your offensive line. If they can stop the run again, Baker Mayfield never and will never scare me. So if hurt, not hurt, I don't give a shit. Progressive commercials or not, it doesn't matter. If they can stop the run again, I'm way more confident. If Chubb has over 100, it's Cleveland all day. Riley, you want to go? Yeah, I think that bye week similar to last year where they kind of regrouped because god damn they need to regroup on like 50 different things right now take that time off get a healthy baker in there who he is coming off of a pissed off game um i'm thinking you're gonna see a lot more on the air in the air than you give credit for so i'm going browns 37 Raven 17. <laughs> That's his shtick. Uh, you know what? This late in the season, a bye week might as well be a month off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you guys just haven't didn't have an, a week off. We did. That and we had go, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, too. Which This just can go, yeah. This can go either way. And that's the thing. The AFC North, none of us – there really are no weeks off when we get into this, the heavy, the, the conference part of the schedule. Um I think with how bad we have to win this game, with it being a home game, with us losing the last time we played him at home, even though you know I was in the stands and watching him, you know, run off and poop his pants, and we still lost. Um, that's I definitely. Go, by the way, that's definitely what he was doing. I, I will not hear anything else. He definitely had diarrhea. That 100%. is my nightmare. 
100%. Why would you run that hard off camera if you didn't have to? And there's nothing wrong with that. Especially when Whatever. you're squeezing cheeks. He was squeezing yep. cheeks. Like, we all know it. We've oh, all yeah. had the run. We've all been there. And everyone's yeah. been there. Everyone's yeah. pooped their pants, too, so get over it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Browns 20, Ravens 13. I think just – I mean, I think we've lost, like, 50 times in a row. It's time to, to swing that around. Also, I think that – I think Mark Andrews is a pretty shitty friend. You know, he's one, of, he's one of Baker's best friends. He's in Baker's wedding. For him to keep making these touchdown catches when he's playing his best friend is a shitty move. Mark Andrews, man, that, that's a whole other conversation for another day. Before we wrap, I, I am just interested, <laughs> and I'm not um, – because, you know, you hear more of the discourse in the national media because, I mean, y'all got Baker and Odell and became the media darlings for whatever reason, but that – what you know um, – what is the feeling amongst Cleveland fans? Because I have my own opinion, and it, you know, I'm happy to be told off or proven wrong or saying you're just a Ravens fan. You don't know what you're talking about. What is what, the Baker contract thing? Is there? Do we need to see a little bit more? Are we l- willing to let him go to the final season and maybe risk, you know, playing his ass off to get the massive payday? Sign him up now for whatever the deal is, or let him walk. Like, what what are the feelings amongst you two? And then, I guess you know the fan base as a whole, because you would know it better than I. My fear is that Raleigh will take twenty minutes to answer his question, um, but I will let you go first, regardless. Okay, uh, depends on if you're asking rational fans or the psychos on Twitter, or well, yeah, I mean, um, like with everything, yeah, or the psychos on Twitter that are pro Baker. Um, I think Ben Axelrod, who we had on the podcast, said it best is they're clearly they weren't sold on him for big contract status last year. That's no surprise. Uh, This year, our opinion, uh, we just talked about this, Kevin. It's unfair to completely judge him when he's essentially bionic and this hurt. Um, So the fifth year option, thank God we have it. As far as what they should do, I would love for him to re-sign with Cleveland. But I, I think this year, amidst the injuries, and it's not all on him by any means. That's what the media doesn't talk about. This offense has been pretty dysfunctional across the board with play calling, receiver, goddamn mutinies. It's... uh we got to see if they can just get it together and regroup. And I think he does control his own destiny with it, but hopefully this bye week gets him healthy ish enough. Cause he has had games where he balled out. I thought he played a hell of a game against the chiefs that week one, he looked great in Houston. That's when the injury occurred week two. Um, following that he was off uh, his best two games since then were against Cincinnati and in uh LA against the Chargers. The offense put up goddamn 45 points and we lose somehow. And it's like, okay, so how is that Baker's fault? And then in the games where we've lost or where he's played poorly, it's like we either one got the win or everything was just falling apart. So that, that's kind of the long, too long to read, whatever is. I don't think it's fair to judge him this crippled and against you guys last week, geez, and I don't know if you paid attention to this as much, but the amount of drops or mm-hmm. balls that he threw where they needed, that's where they needed to be thrown, get dropped on crucial, whether it was fourth down or goddamn uh, a conversion. It's like, well, what, what do you want him to do? And that goddamn D 
DPJ drop, which I love Donovan Peoples-Jones, but people were like, oh, he missed the tight ends that were open. It's like, well, he hit the guy 10 yards away from the end zone on a bomb, threw it, hit him on the number. Well, he had to jump a little bit, but that's a ball you're paid to catch. So it's like, so how is that Baker's fault? So I think he gets some unfair criticism. Grant, he hasn't played his best year by any means. I just think they're going to play the waiting game, and rightfully so at this point. Uh, I'm riding. I'm ride or die with Baker, um, and that's not just because he's been on the podcast. People think that we just are, you know, big dick riders here. Um, I, whether we go to the Super Bowl or whether we go, you know, this thing goes down in flames. I, I'm going one way or the other. I think what what blows my mind the people that are all, you know, talking all this smack about Baker that are Browns fans. First of all, they're not real Browns fans. We're doing that. Um, I don't think people. It baffles me that some people forget where we were two years ago, three years ago. That's the like, biggest. hey, all these folks are out here like, oh, he's not Pat Mahomes. We can't sign him. Guys, uh, NFL, there's no there's no style points. Um, I don't – again, I, I'm not going back. I can't go back to the, the drafting a QB. I, I, I can't go back there again, physically, spiritually, mentally. I, I can't do it. So I am riding with Baker as a dude that wanted to come to Cleveland. We've had quarterbacks that – I mean, would go to Vegas in the middle of the night the day before a game, Johnny Manziel. Um, we finally have a guy that really, really identifies with Cleveland people. Um, in terms of what we're going to do with this contract, I, we all knew that they they wanted to see Baker with two full years in Stefanski's system to really, truly judge him. Um, this year has obviously been just a stupid season. I'm just going to say that all around. You know, it, it's tough that – Every team we go against is no surprise. We have no passing game right now. No passing game. You got the guys, every defense we go up against are putting eight, nine guys in the box, one or two guys back because they know we're not throwing it. That being said, we abandoned the run game after four or a handful of runs against you guys two weeks ago. So it's really tough. You can, Baker's injured as hell. I mean, I've never seen this in all the, you know, reading the injury report. His is multiple body parts or something. I said something like that. It was like too many of the lists, essentially. So the problem that we're also having here is, yeah, Baker's hurt, but Stefanski's doing him no favors. Abandoning the run game in the first quarter and all this shit, you see Chubb you know, and Kareem just not getting the ball. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know if we're going to sign him this coming offseason. They picked up his fifth year. That's 18, 19 million. We'll pay him next year. Um, I think we'll sign him after that. Um, Again, I just – I don't know what people who are saying he's not the guy. You got a plan B? Anyone? No, no one has any other uh, better idea. Not that I'm, not that there even is one. But again, I, I'm I'm I, team Baker. We'll sign him eventually. But this season has been very dumb and weird. Here's a quick theory on, and I will keep this quick. When you're talking about the fans, I think a lot of the fan base are also Ohio State fans. And I grew up in Columbus. I love the Buckeyes, but that's a rigged ass league college football in general with where you have one of the five teams that they just reload every single year. Like you have your best picks, you have your picks of the best players in the country. It's like, well, this is the NFL. That's not how this works. If there is that Mahomes sitting there next year, which there's not, Oh, you think you're just going to get him? No, you idiots. (laughs) It's everybody else in the league wants him too. And Mahomes too. Nobody knew Mahomes was going to be Mahomes. Yeah, so, nobody, yeah. nobody ever knows. It's a crapshoot, and people just say, "Oh yeah, let's just move on." It's like 
with what? Some 22-year-old kid that you've never heard about to quote what's-his-name? And what happens when they're having an off game? Are you going to run them out of town too? Like Baker, I think, is mentally tougher than most NFL quarterbacks. And that's like, you yeah, can't, there's no debate there. I, 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 think won't, I won't even. He is our guy. And the fact that there's an annoying amount of people that are just like, oh, yeah, it's his fault that Odell's a shithead. And it's like, well, what do you want, dude? Tim, the, the, the too long didn't read version of both of our answers is we've never had a quarterback in our lives. I think that's the biggest thing ever. I mean, it's Ever. the famous. It's the famous Tim Couch jersey that has all the the names hanging off the back of it. Shout out Tim Couch, friend Shout of the program, podcast yeah. guest. Since so, Tim Couch, we haven't had a quarterback. Yeah, and I would argue uh, he what? was on the program, but I would argue Tim Couch as well, maybe. But yeah, that's that's where I come down because from the outside looking in, it you know, from a Ravens perspective, and and I you know, it's a team that's had a decent amount of success over the past couple of years. I look at Baker and I go, maybe, maybe there is a way to improve, but I completely see the angle of, yeah, but then you're also risking going all the way back down to what it was. And that just, that might not be the move. Another thing though, is I, I don't think the way we're built, we've built this team, the way AB has built this team and Depot and is shoring up that line and our run game. Yeah. We're not built to, to even think about a, a Mahomes. You're or not doing that. Like, You're not doing that offense. Yeah. It's built for Baker. Right. Like that's what it's been built for. So we're just going to drop that in in the middle of the night and go some other direction right away. It's not happening. Sure. Um, hey, I don't want to. Again, I know that we're already keeping you 20 minutes over. What I promised you. Um, without, I know you can talk about this for just an hour, like we could with the Baker contract. Will you guys sign him to some Mahomes half a billion contract after the season? Like what no. is the, the word on the, the tweets in Baltimore? Be more. No, Lamar's going to get a deal. Lamar will get a big contract, and the the argument. It, and I, I said this earlier in the podcast. Lamar's going to get. He's going to be a Raven. He wants to be a Raven. They're going to get the deal done. There is no, and that's why I asked about the Baker thing because there is so much conjecture and and people saying should they do it, should they not. It is in full agreement that Lamar is going to be a Baltimore Raven for this you know significant portion of the future here. Um, when they sign him is interesting. He doesn't have an agent. He has uh, like himself, a, right? Yeah, it's himself and a consortium, including his mother and some other people, advisors or whatever. Those always end well. Ed Reed did it too, and Ed Reed stayed for a long time. So you know, whatever. It's fine. It's great me. for you guys. We don't, talk about, we, don't, we don't talk about him on this podcast. Yeah. No. Oh, my favorite player of all time. Damn. Okay, we could do an hour on Ed if you want. He's but, awesome. Uh, he's the best. Um, but he he'll be signed. I think he's going to get the deal that's. Not Mahomes, but probably just under that second. I mean, obviously, no one's yeah. getting Mahomes, but that second level of quarterback um, there. And the issue there is they've built this team. They've tried to build this team in this window of the quarterback on the rookie deal. It's it's the Russell Wilson play that everybody's trying to do since Seattle won that Super Bowl. Yep, it hasn't come off. It doesn't look like it's going to come off this year. Can Eric DaCosta and that you know scouting staff build a strong roster when he is taking up so much of the salary cap? They've already started with take you know building blocks, cornerstone pieces. They've locked up Ronnie Stanley. Now you know, God willing, he gets back from the two ankle injuries. Uh, Marlon Humphrey. Baltimore is very good at keeping the guys that they have to keep in the building for a long time, and then they let some t- they let a lot of talent walk because they they believe in their ability to redraft it. You see with the Dafeo way, Matt Judon type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cornerstones are there. Lamar is the cornerstone of cornerstones. 
I have no doubt that he'll be in the building for a long time. And yeah, the number will probably hurt, but it's not going to be anything, uh, you know, obscene. Well, best of luck with his shelf life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my quarterback's not hurt right now, by the way. It doesn't have the multiple yeah, body yeah, injuries, yeah. but that's a, that's a whole different story. Tim, pod like a raven. Uh, where can we find where can we find you guys? Social media. I'll have this all in the description, but uh, plug the plug the pod. Yeah, appreciate it, man. So pod like a raven. Uh, like like Kevin said, we just joined fan sided. Happy to be here. Um, we've been doing it for about three years now. Actually, our next episode will be episode 100, Hell which yeah, is, is wild to think about. Thank you. Um, so at pod like a raven on Twitter at Raven on Instagram. If you have questions for us, Raven at gmail.com. We read those out during the show. Uh, if, the sh- if the game is on Sunday, we record on Monday with the episode going live Tuesday. Uh, we just do once a week uh, during the off season, once every couple of weeks as well as kind of the news dies down. But yeah, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's on uh, Ebony Bird, which is the fan-sided website for the Ravens, or you know Apple, Spotify, Google, what have you, that's where you'll find us. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Horsey, truly appreciate your time. Uh, it was a very good, energetic conversation, which we appreciate. Um, looking forward to a good game on Sunday. Uh, for the love of Christ, neither team can afford not even a, a, one more sprained ankle. So for uh, a, a clean game, and I don't want to say clean, uh, a healthy game, if you will. Um, for Tim, for Raleigh, for myself, they're just leaving the Dogs War podcast, and good night, Cleveland. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.